I'm Aria Schwartz. And I'm Rachel Galligan. And welcome to the Windsider Show, where it's all about the W. The WNBA Finals are all set. Sunday, 3 p.m. Eastern, Game 1, Connecticut Sun versus Las Vegas Aces. Two franchises that have been so close to winning it all and are going to battle it out for the championship. our show please consider joining our patreon community patreon.com backslash windsider that's patreon.com backslash windsider for less than a cup of coffee a month you can directly show support for the hard work we do covering the w and don't forget to see our amazing staff's written content over at windsider.com that's windsider.com are you looking to get tickets for the WNBA finals thanks to our sponsor TickPick, you don't have to worry the original no fee ticketing site an official ticketing partner WNBA champion Chicago Sky. Use the link tickpick.com backslash windsider. That's T-I-C-K-P-I-C-K.com backslash windsider for all your upcoming ticket purchases for the WNBA, any other sporting event or non-sports related event. Welcome to the Windsider Show. The Connecticut Sun closed out the Chicago Sky with an 18-0 run to clinch the finals birth they have been waiting for the aces on the other hand we're getting the ice packs ready as they get to prepare to face the wrecking ball that is the kurt miller led connecticut sun rachel we're here game one's so close i can taste it the WNBA finals the the culmination of a compacted beautiful WNBA season um any any wise words before we we dive into the key points of this game? No, I mean I just I'm excited to get it going. Um, it's so crazy that that it, that it's here, but it also at the same time I don't know if anyone else feels this way, but um, even though it's a condensed season, I feel like it's kind of been a long season. <laughs> I'm not complaining. I'm just like wow, this is. I feel like we've been doing this for a minute now, so I I'm just excited to have the finals here. I'm excited for this matchup in particular, um, just being able to kind of dive into these two teams and, and have a new champion. Um, you know, it's going to be a first for either one. And I think there's a level of excitement in that, that, that I personally um, appreciate, you know, just, just, just something new, um, an opportunity here and, and just kind of excited to see how this five game series plays out. Um, I spent a lot of time, I, I did a little bit of shameless plug, I, I, I did a little preview where I was able to kind of talk to um, a few <clears throat> WNBA coaches who had schemed against uh, these two teams throughout the course of the season, and, and I thought it was really fascinating to hear some of their insight. I'll definitely be sure to share some of that as, as we talk about some of these keys. Love it. Well, we'll start off in a, I don't know if it's macro or micro, whatever, uh, well, let's start off talking about key players for each team, and, and we'll talk about the underdogs, right? The Connecticut Sun are clearly the underdog. They're playing with house money, like, and that is not just a joke because they're playing Vegas. Um, but let's talk about some key players on Connecticut. For me, it's John Quill Jones and Dewana Bonner. Now, Bonner is going to be, and, and we'll get into this, um, matchup-wise, I think she's a really, really interesting one, especially considering the fact um, that 
uh, Dierica Hamby is, you know, her health is in question for this series. Clearly, she was not healthy in the semifinals, but they didn't really need her in the semis. They're probably going to need her just in the sense of they're going to need more minutes and more bodies to go up against this Connecticut Sun team. And that really adds an element when when Hamby's not there, or when Hamby's on the bench, it really throws off um, some of the matchups because you literally you have Asia, who I understand is a big, but, you know, she's I, I'm going to say this and I'm going to get so much flack for saying this. But in my mind, like, I don't think of Asia as a as a true center or or like that big five. You know what I mean? Like when they're playing with Hamby and Asia, it kind of seems more of a um, I don't know fun and gun as I like to call it offense as opposed to now that Hamby's out and you have Stokes in there it's a little bit more like obviously it's not traditional but it's still a little bit more traditional so so for me having Bonner's ability her length her speed her tenacity on defense that's going to be a key player in my mind just because Connecticut they're known for their defense and mucking things up and just forcing these ridiculous situations Bonner is going to need to be an impact player on both ends of the ball. Hopefully I I was texting Rachel about this earlier. I'm curious your thoughts on this, Rachel, like Bonner on Chelsea. Gray, Right. Like what is the positives, the negatives Um, break it down coach Rachel, because in my mind, you just, you got to throw the kitchen sink and like heck throw the backyard hose at, at Chelsea. Gray. Just something new that she hasn't seen in a while because the way she's playing right now, she's not just having the greatest, you know, playoff performance in WNBA history, but in basketball history. Well, I think that one thing that's not really being talked about a whole lot is Kurt Miller really knows how to defend Chelsea Gray. Um, you know, she has really struggled, in my opinion, um, against Connecticut for years. Um, and so, you know, it's not necessarily one single assignment, but they're, they're, they're there's a little bit of a, um, a problem there in terms of just kind of the way the Connecticut Sun and the way Kurt Miller can scheme against Chelsea Gray. Um, and, that, and that's your year after year. You can look at 2018, 2019, 2020. Um, you know, it, it, I, I think that's kind of gone under the table a little bit of just their scheming ability and being able to frustrate her and keep her uncomfortable, getting up and, and, and pressuring her and, keeping her out of her rhythm a little bit. Now, you know, you asked me about key players and, and obviously I, Chelsea Gray is the engine that makes this team go. Um, you know, obviously she's aware of this. She's very familiar going up against the Connecticut sun and what that looks like. And so it'll be interesting to see, you know, at the level she's playing at right now, which is out of this world. Um, so much fun to watch. How does that translate into a historically, um, kind of troubling matchup for her in terms of just how they scheme against her it is particularly one thing I'm going to be paying attention to because um, she's so important to not just how this team operates as the conductor, but just um, the level that she's playing at right now. So I, I think when it comes to Chelsea Gray, it's not just a one person assignment. It's going to be, um, it, it, it's, 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 it's a, it's a, it's a whole team um, trying to get that specific assignment taken care of. And I, and I think you're going to see a lot of different people potentially guarding her. I mean, you know, the length and the physicality of Connecticut pose unique problems, um, in my opinion, that nobody else on this team in the, in the league can necessarily match up with. And it's hard to emulate. 
what Connecticut does uh, with their physicality and their length. And, and as, you, as you said, Bonner brings a lot of that to the table as well. So um, one of the coaches I was talking to um, about, you know, just their opinion of what they felt Connecticut should do. And they said, you know, if you pay attention, um, Chelsea, if you can pick her up before half court, she doesn't like to be pressured a whole lot. She wants mm-hmm. to advance the court and kind of easily pick it side and get into their offense. But if you can pick her up before half court, you'll see she'll turn her hip into you and sort of back you down. And if you're able to get her to do that, and, and this is something that, you know, I think it'll be important to pay because I can think about it now. I'm like, she does, she does do that at times. All the time. You take away half of her vision and, you know, you're taking away key, um, key chunks of time off the shot clock. So, um, just little things like that, that, that coaches were bringing up to me that I thought were really fascinating. And then just trying to see how does Connecticut play her. And, and they, I think in my opinion, have done one of the best jobs in any other team in, in the league in the past. So that's a huge area of concern um, because, you know, you've got such a force coming to the table here with the way she's playing literally, I mean, has to be in, at least at the top of, you know, finals MVP early favorite, but, We'll see. We'll see what happens. And, and I think to me, that's a huge key. It's just that specific matchup right there. Yeah. I mean, the, I, I completely agree. I think, you know, playoff MVP so far is far, far gap between Chelsea Gray and anyone else. The, I know the, the Asia Wilson diehards will, will be up in arms about that. No, I completely agree. And I think hearing you say that, I can visually in my mind see Chelsea Gray doing that and teams doing that to her. Mm-hmm. And I think it kind of, to make it simplistic, because you know how I like to make things simple, like thinking about it, when you do that to her, you force her into a position where she's making mind-blowing, amazing behind-the-back passes. But she's known for that, right? Like this playoff, we haven't been talking about Chelsea Gray making amazing assists, making mind-blowing passes. What we've been talking about is her lights-out shooting ability and her ability to dictate the game. So... I think you get a, a, a multitude of benefits by picking her up before half court because you force her into a situation where she is going to be that assist monger, like that wild next level facilitator, but not the dagger offensive threat that we have seen this playoff. So the, the other key player for me on Connecticut is Jonquil Jones. No surprise there. JJ needs to be an MVP battling against Asia Wilson, the two-time MVP. If they if they don't want to be swept in this, and maybe I'm jumping from square one to square 30 right now, but like if they don't want to be swept in this, and we saw this from um from Seattle, right? Like if you have a top of the mountain MVP caliber player who's playing that, i.e. Brandon Stewart versus Asia Wilson, I know it's slightly different. Those are the two best players in the world right now. JJ is arguably the third best when when she's playing her best. Um, I think it really, really, really comes down to if JJ can elevate her game, and I've talked about this all season, I've not seen MVP caliber JJ throughout a whole game at any point this season. But can she do that for three games against the Aces is going to be so important because if you can we're going to talk about the physicality of what this matchup is going to be. But if you can, you know, kind of cancel out Asia Wilson with John Quill Jones, that puts you in a position that you want to be in as the Connecticut Sun because you're going to be able to take advantage of the not healthy Hamby and the Kia Stokes, right? Mm-hmm. 
other than and you're going to be able to take advantage of the depth no bench but other than that like you start to struggle and and think about where these matchups go who covers chelsea gray who's chelsea gray covering who covers kelsey plum who's kelsey plum covering um and and so on with jackie young and and the reason i say that is because like kelsey plum is not an elite defender but at the end of the day you look at the guard play from connecticut and they're not the ones who are putting up ridiculous points in an ideal world you're talking about a connecticut sun team um that is gonna hope that natisha heideman can go off if kelsey plum's covering her they're gonna hope for for some play of like that um what do you think about the the jj as a key player for the sun or, or would you pick somebody else i think it's hard <clears throat> for no i mean it 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 it's going to take a complete effort from everybody. And and we're not talking about two teams that have deep benches. So, you know, everybody's going to have to be good. And that includes John Quill Jones. I agree. You know, she's had a good season, um, averaging around 14 and a half in, in the playoffs. But she's got to be, she's got to give you at least that every single night. You know, I'm not saying she's got to go off and have 25. It would be nice to see that um, and kind of, see a couple big performances, but I don't think it's necessary. I think more so it has to be a complete team effort offensively. That's the glaring thing for me is where, when has this team really struggled? Well, it's, it's when they can't put the ball through the net. And if you're finishing with, you know, your five starters all in double figures, and that's, that's the case with both of these teams, you know, n- nobody is going to go deep into their bench. You could argue, okay, Connecticut's probably a little bit deeper, um, I think, in my opinion, Bree Jones is huge for Connecticut. Um, really struggled in that last game five against the Chicago Sky, one of three, really uh, only in about 17 minutes, really uncharacteristic type of performance from, from Bree Jones. But, you know, she's been such a steady force for this team, and she can really be that um, consistent score that this team needs. And, and then they didn't need it the other night. You know, and that worked, you know, just fine for them. But I think Bree Jones and establishing that paint presence, whether that's through Alyssa Thomas, you know, getting it da- downhill to the to the rim, whether that's through establishing John Quill Jones in the paint or Bree Jones in the paint, they have to assert themselves in the interior. So just to kind of echo off of you and, and on the JJ comment, I, I, for me, it's Bree Jones. I think she's got to be really, really, really good and, and produce a lot in this series. And I think she will. And and honestly, shame on me for for forgetting to to mention her. Um, but yeah, when I look at Connecticut, I mean, you look at Bree Jones, Dejanay Carrington, um, and then Odyssey Sims. Those are three capable bench players. And then when we flip it to the Aces, it's really if Hamby's playing, it's Hamby. But we know she's not healthy. I've said that like fifteen times. Um, and then furthermore, like Raquana Williams, and and that's the perfect segue for me. The the two key players for the Aces. I don't think much I have to say about Chelsea Gray, right? End of the day, if she's doing what she has been doing, I don't know how any team can stop the Aces, but heck, the Sun will need Odyssey, scene, Odyssey Sims um, or Adesia to play some key defensive minutes to give some rest to Courtney Williams and Atisha Eidemann to allow them um, to be more focused offensively. I know it's going to be a team effort, but we're going to need some output from them offensively. Mm-hmm. And then I've been saying it, and I've yet to be proven right, but I'm going to go with my gut and continue the take, right? We're hillsider. We're going to die in the hills of our hot takes. But if Raquana can't make an impact to give some of these stars a break, I it's going to be a huge issue. And that's going to be a huge advantage for the Connecticut Sun. I've said it before, and I'll say it again. 
Kurt Miller knows how to run a group of six players into the ground. He knows the positives of it. He knows the negatives of it. And he's going to be going into this game fully understanding the issues that the the Las Vegas Aces are facing of running a six-person team throughout the whole season and what can they do in the playoffs. Um, An interesting tidbit is when you look at these teams during the regular season, just ranking them um, in... And Rachel's going to be like, wow, RA has stats? What is going on? (laughs) Um, If you rank these teams in the league during the regular season, only in one of the key statistical areas... Did any of these teams uh, get ninth or worse right now? The the two key stats for me is opponents points, right? Because Vegas has struggled handedly on defense. Didn't see that in Seattle, right? We saw an elite defensive team from Vegas. Um, But the other one is on the flip side for Connecticut turnovers, Mm -hmm. right? Now, Vegas's inability to play elite defense throughout the season is what concerns me on Vegas's side. And the turnovers on Connecticut because Vegas's high octane offense, when you give them a chance to get the ball moving out in transition, when you give them extra opportunities, we're not going to have we're not going to be sitting here talking about a game two, game three, game four, where Connecticut has 23 turnovers and they still pull off a victory and go on an 18-0 run like that was a fluke. You need to understand that you're not going to be able to do that against the Las Vegas Aces. Um, so. For me, those are those are some key stats that I, I think people should be paying attention to when we enjoy this game on 3 p.m. Eastern Sunday. Uh, come hang out with the Windsider team on Playback, a fun new way to watch WNBA games with your friends and, heck, make new friends. The link is getplayback.com backslash room backslash Windsider. That's getplayback.com backslash room backslash Windsider. No download necessary. It's totally free, and we do giveaways. Um, all right, Rachel, what are the keys for each of these teams? Well, you already hit on that. You, I think turnovers is such a big aspect of this game for both teams. Uh, you kind of already talked about Connecticut's ability to <clears throat> just value possessions. Um, and I was going back and I was really looking at the box scores from their three meetings in the regular season and the lone game that Connecticut won, they had just nine turnovers, whereas the other two, when the Aces won, they had 14 and 22. So, Can I just, real quick, uh, turnovers in the regular season, Vegas ranked 8th in the league with 19.3 per game. Mm-hmm. Okay, flip side, uh, Vegas was 14.1. Vegas dropped to 13.5, so almost a full point drop. Connecticut dropped to 17.9, so a little over a full point drop also. It's, it's interesting to see them tighten up. I was shocked to see that they basically averaged 20 turnovers a game and still came into the playoffs as such a highly touted team. Sorry. No, you're good. No, these are the numbers that I think are important to look at. And it's not too unusual to see turnover numbers drop as the course of the season goes on. Um, It's, you know, earlier on, it's it's just not, you're not as um, gelled together as you are probably later in the season, but for Connecticut, I mean, that's just been – we've talked about it all year. We've beaten a dead horse from the turnover standpoint. You have 23 turnovers consistently. You're, they're not, they, don't, they don't have a chance in this series. But on the flip side, Vegas has to value the possession as well because Connecticut's so disruptive defensively. Um, they, they, they generate a ton of their points off converting turnovers, and, and that is a huge area where 
you know, like I think Vegas is going to pretty much allow Connecticut to get into their action to, to run their stuff. You know, like they're not super interested in defending. I'm not saying anything that we don't, that we are, we don't already know, but being able to get into their sets and run their action and take some time off the clock the way Connecticut wants to do, I don't think is going to be an issue. It's when they start playing that individual style basketball, um, you know, and trying to make things happen one-on-one where they start making mistakes and turning the ball over. And, and I don't want to say that they're unforced, but a lot of them are, you know, it's just, they're not in sync. So the turnover area is huge. Um, <clears throat> I think for, for Las Vegas, it's going to be really, I think they, we learned this through the Seattle series. They have to establish Asia early on, you know, um, get her going from, from the get, and, and not really allow that to wary or, or be a question mark throughout the, the first half of the game. You know, like f- f- one of the coaches said, it, feed the monster early on. And I, I loved it because I think that's completely perfect. Um, Ace's huge key, maybe one of the biggest, is being able to play the game without fouling for a couple reasons. One, <clears throat> the more they're fouling, the more that's going to slow the game down. Uh, the more they're fouling, the more free throws that Connecticut is getting. And I think that's a huge key for Connecticut, being able to make more free throws than Las Vegas attempts. Mm-hmm. And so if Las Vegas is committing a bunch of fouls, not only is that working in the favor of Connecticut from a pace standpoint, it's easy points, and it's also forcing them to get into their bench, which they don't want to do. Well, also I would say forcing their key players, like what – uh, Rachel's gonna have to translate this for me, <laughs> as she often does. No, but but uh, I mean, I I keep thinking of that Ezzy play. Now I don't know how many fouls Ezzy had when she kept her hands down, but that same that same mentality of like having to think before you act. When you pl- when you put players in foul trouble, they have to start thinking. And from my understanding, from listening to you, Rachel, and listening to elite basketball minds that uh, we've had the honor and pleasure of welcoming onto the show. Um, the great players aren't sitting there as they pull up from three thinking it's they've trained themselves so that it's a natural, you know, uh, wheel that's just rolling. It's not like the wheel stops and goes, how am I going to get over this bump? You just keep rolling. Um, and, and that's what the greats do. Mm-hmm. Translate. Mm-hmm. You want me to translate that? <laughs> if it didn't make sense, if it made sense, then cool. We can move on. It made sense. I thought it was great. <laughs> All right, cool. Um, So, yeah, I mean, we know the Aces, you know, are going to be themselves. Um, We're going to have some heroic performances. So establishing Asia Asia Wilson. I think, you know, Plum is going to have some big nights. Um, You know, she can get a little bit antsy at times when, you know, she hasn't gotten a shot in a period of time. And that was one interesting aspect that a, a coach in the league pointed out to me that I thought was fascinating. Um, but I would say they're going to be themselves. They're going to try to outscore you. They're going to make it fun. They're going to have energy. You know, they, it's, they're going to be themselves. Um, and all the pressure's on them, in my opinion. And I think the final key for Las Vegas is being able to rebound the basketball. Um, they're not a great rebounding team um, and, and for a couple reasons, but just the, just the sheer style that they play in terms of the spacing. When, when shots go up, like, there's no one there to even secure them. So, and we know on the flip side, Connecticut is one of the, the is the best rebounding team in the league, especially when it comes down to second chance points. So uh, the rebounding numbers. And when I looked at the the matchups from this previous season, 
I expected to see Connecticut dominating in that area, and, and it was shocking to me that it really didn't. There was actually a game, I think, Aces out-rebounded Connecticut, <clears throat> and then a couple others, you know, might have been Connecticut won that battle by seven or eight, and then it was really close. So that's a really, really big area of concern. I think when it comes to Connecticut, we talked about the turnovers. Um, rebounding numbers for Connecticut, again, like 30, what's, what's the exact number? Like 50% of their points comes from the paint, and like 30, 30% of their points come from second chance points. They lead the league in second chance opportunities. So um, when shots go up, being aggressive on the glass, um, Bree Jones, Alyssa Thomas, John Quell Jones, you know, get, just being aggressive on the offensive glass. And, and that's what they do. That's, that's innately what they do. Um, we talked about the free throw numbers. They've got to be aggressive. They've got to have their foot on the gas, initiate that contact, be, be those bullies that we know that they are, get themselves to the free throw line, being able to make more free throws than Las Vegas attempts. And then containing the three-headed monster, um, which I, I'm, again, I'm stealing from another coach who, who brought that up, but you know, like Vegas is going to be who they are. And so how do you disrupt them offensively? Well, you've got to throw different looks. You've, you've got to mix it up. You know, if they're able to just play against the same thing for 40 minutes, that's not gonna, that's not gonna help. You got to throw them off kilter here and there. You got to throw wrinkles in the game here and there. Um, you know, see if you can get Asia Wilson to face up and, and, and fall in love with jump shots from the perimeter. Now, she, shoot, she shoots the ball really, really well. We've talked about it all year. I mean, this is the MVP for a reason, but when you're playing a game of percentages in a five-game series, if she's out there shooting 15, contested 15, 17-footers, it's better than her playing with her back to the basket where she shoots like 70%. So um, I think that Connecticut – has some momentum right now. Um, I think that Connecticut is playing with house money, like you said. Um, this is a team. I'm, the more I, I like when I when I when I first saw, you know, this this matchup and, and this was going to be the finals. It was kind of like, wow, you know, it felt like there was a clear favorite. Now that I've kind of had a day to dive into the numbers and talk to some people and really analyze things and and hear some different perspectives, I'm really questioning some things now in terms of what this matchup could be because like Connecticut has nothing to lose but they also are the type of team that could very well come in here just by the way they play and cause some serious frustrations with Las Vegas in ways that no other team in the league can so um, those are my keys I think it's going to be really really fun to watch um, I think the biggest area of concern that I have for me with Connecticut is just their ability to consistently score across the board. Can they sustain that for four or five games? Yeah, it's probably going to be like set some records since they re they instituted the shot clock reset, which side note, nobody ever talks about the fact that like certain players that are breaking records right now have immensely benefited, excuse me, from the fact that they did the whole shot clock reset and things like that. Like, there's a reason players are like averaging more points a game these days. There's a reason more rebound, like whatever we can get into that different episode. Everything you've said, Rachel, I agree with to some degree. Um, Cause <laughs> can't always agree with you. No, no, no. Like I, I think there's some points to what you're saying. I think it's going to be interesting. Um, when I look up this matchup, I, I thought similarly, but I also think that like the more you dive into the numbers, the more sometimes you can get bogged down by that and kind of fall fall for that trick that those numbers love to trick us right um 
my take, and I'll say this, like I texted Owen after the morning after the stream where Owen got really drunk. Well, I, I shouldn't say that. Owen had a few beers as he was watching the demise uh, of the Chicago sky, um, the sun rising over the sky. I don't know. There's some great pun or something there. Um, but, but thinking about it, I was like, look, and I texted him this, so the, the receipts are there. Owen will back me up. Um, he won't be with us on our first stream, but he can join us for game two. Game three, he'll probably be at the game, so he can't join us for that. But what I'm trying to say is, when I look at this matchup, I look at it and I go, the Aces come out firing in game one, and Connecticut plays a little lackadaisical. And then comes game two. And game two is where, in my mind, and, and maybe I'm wrong about this and it flips, but... I feel like Connecticut and I know I'm going to get flack and people are going to say, well, obviously if they win two games, the season, the series is done, but like Connecticut needs to come in there and show that they can dictate the pace of a game and they can muck it up and they can play Connecticut brand basketball against these aces in the finals in Vegas. And if, and if they don't, if they can't find a way to win game one or two, and in my mind, more realistically, game two, Vegas is going to be on fire and going crazy in game one. They can't find a way to get win game two. The series is over in a sweep. Uh, I, in a moment, will do pick them and, and we'll explain where I'm going with this. Um, but I, I just feel like the pressure is on Vegas. Can Connecticut go in there and just play that annoying, disruptive ball? I think the way Connecticut plays their odds are better in later games because you've beaten down the opponent, beaten down the enemy um, in a battle, as it were. Rachel, I want you to finish these sentences for me, okay? Oh, God, okay. <laughs> the Connecticut Sun win if. They can take care of the basketball. The 2022 WNBA Finals MVP is. Um hard because i still can't figure out who i think is going to win but at the end of the day i'm gonna go chelsea gray i was gonna say right all right rachel it's time for the fun part i'll go first because you haven't decided who's gonna win yet i made this prediction before opening tip-off happened i made this prediction before training camp started i'm riding it hillsider to the death of me connecticut sun in five you know, I I would love for this to go to five. I think if Connecticut can come out on Sunday and get a win, it's, it's imperative that they obviously steal a, a win on the road. They have got to go to Vegas and, and go back to Connecticut with at least one win. If they can go and win game one, I think that's, that's huge um, in terms of a momentum and just in terms of kind of putting uh, Vegas on their heels just a little bit. Um, for me, I mean, I could make an argument that I have loved and enjoyed both of these teams so much, and would I be shocked if Connecticut found a way to win their first WNBA final? It'll be in five games if they do. Um, I just don't know if they have the offensive firepower to keep up with what we've seen with Las Vegas. The Las Vegas Aces have just – what they've shown us through the last few few months of this of, of this season, um, I just think that they have a little bit too much in the tank. I do think it. There's a really good chance this goes to five. Um, I think I originally had said Vegas in four, 
But I'm going to go with Vegas in five. And I think that Connecticut is going to make it interesting here and there. They're going to be able to win a couple, but it's just not going to be enough offensively to hang in there with them. I'm going to throw that out there. So we got it. I just want to point out, by the way, um, for game five, I said sun by five. You wanted to do the sun, but you were you were nice and you said sky by three. Well, we can't so have I the went... same picks. No, I, I know. I know. But I'm just happy that I was closer than you were on this one. Um, so I'm, I'm just going to pencil it in. I just got to say, I feel like if the Aces win in five, that's going to be the most depressing for the Connecticut sun. Like worse than if they get swept. Honestly, yeah, I mean, because you almost, you almost hope like it's just like it's just so blatantly obvious that Vegas is that much better and they win in four. You know, like maybe Connecticut wins one. They, they end up winning a game in in Las Vegas or um, something like that. But like, yeah, you know, like I agree with you. If it goes to five and Connecticut can't get it done, that's that's just that's a heartbreaker. Rachel, I'll see you on Sunday, 3 p.m getplayback.com backslash windsider sorry getplayback.com backslash room backslash windsider join us it'll be fun hey maybe you'll win a vintage uh detroit shock tweety nolan jersey um if you don't know who she is look it up do your WNBA history rachel thanks for joining